quick question. What were you doing at exactly this time yesterday? If you were applying for a business loan from Linked Finance, you'd already have an answer by now. If you're getting back in business, we can help you access fast, no-hassle finance with credit decisions within 24 hours. It only takes two minutes to apply online with an answer within 24 hours. Cut through the banking bureaucracy with Linked Finance. Just search Linked Finance today. We're open for business. to another episode of Hooked, the podcast where we give you all the plot hooks that you will ever need in your role-playing game while dying in the corner. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Zancy Weber. That voice was Tully Grimley. Hello, hello, hello. Tully, is your name short for anything? Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> what, where does Tully come from? Is it a family name or just a, a fun name that your, your parents thought up? Um, it's a fun name that my parents thought up. It's a Gaelic name, actually. Okay. Yeah, oh, so quick. Um, myself and my sisters all have Gaelic names. Um, it's myself, Ashlyn and Alana. Mm-hmm. So all very, very Irish. Um, so I, cool. I will say they got the better end of the deal. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you could have just been Kieran. I mean, that being said, <laughs> I get the uh, the advantage that people can actually spell my name. True. Take a wild yeah, shot true. at spelling Ashlyn. Mm. All right. A E S H L I N. No. Damn it. I C H L A E N. No. All right. Let's go simple. A S H L E E N. No. <laughs> I know how to spell Kiva. <laughs> <laughs> so. Would you believe <clears throat> A I S L I double N? I would. Yeah. I would. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been friends with an Aisha and a Kiva, and so C O I H H V E is Kiva. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I still think Siobhan's get a raw deal. Siobhan. Where does the B come in? Like, the, what? The B H is, is the V. Is, yeah. it, is that a normal thing? Because well, I've only ever in, seen it in Shabbat. In Gaelic it is. Oh, this other voice we we're talking to is Matthew, who has a very generic name. No, I do. Well, that's why I have many nicknames. I'm all Maddie Hannibal Butler. All, all f- self-imposed nicknames. That's right. <laughs> all for one and one for Maddie. Yeah, that's right. And we are here to give you some plot hooks. We do that by taking a random Magic the Gathering card and a random word and giving you some story ideas for your role-playing game uh, in... The method of a magic trick. We start out with a pledge, which is the seed of the idea. Then we turn it into something interesting and surprising to shock and, and, and entertain your players. And then finally, the prestige, which turns it into a story and something that you can incorporate into your game. Now, last week, I said that there was going to be no more getting to know you questions. And then we insisted on having a getting to know you question. Do you have any getting to know you questions to get off your chest before we plunge into this episode. You better believe I have. Okay. All right. Okay. Just say it. Don't make that, that sound again, please. <laughs> it's bursting out of me. Um, so in the interest of, of names and cool names and self-imposed nicknames, if you were to have another name, if you were to, you know, start your life again and you get to name your own character, what would you name yourself? Fauntleroy. Fauntleroy. Lord 
Fauntleroy. <laughs> <laughs> With the title included in your in your first name? Lord would be my first name. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I hope you weren't expecting a real answer. Uh, I've always thought I looked like a Timothy. I c- I'm glad you're not a Timothy, but I could see that. Why are you glad I'm not a Timothy? I don't know. Do you not like Timothys? I have nothing against Timothys in particular, but I don't know. I think you'd be a very different person if you were named see, Timothy. I, I think by look that you'd fit more... I think I, I know you by your name, so obviously that's what seems to suit best for you, but I would see you more as a, a Robert or a Roger than a, a Timothy. A Roger. <laughs> Do you think I look like a Roger? How very <laughs> dare you, sir? <laughs> no, that's Sorry, totally I didn't fine. think we were in a house of Roger folks. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not afraid of Rogers. I just n- never occurred to me that I would look like a Roger. I don't even know what I what I imagine a Roger to look like. I mean, I imagine something like you. Mm, all right. Well, Fair like enough. A Jolly Roger looks like a skull and two... What bones. about you, <laughs> Matthew, who has yet to legally change his name? Indeed. Well, I, Matthew, not Hannibal yet, butler, uh, <laughs> was a... My mum my wanted to call me Kirby. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you look like Kirby. I reckon Actually, I could... Pu- I think I'm going to call you Kirby. Kirby now. I reckon I could have pulled off Kirby. So, yeah, that, I, I think... And... Kirby Be- Hannibal Butler. And being a writer, like ha- a big reason why I have all these self-imposed nicknames is because I got to look good on the front of the book and I got to look unique. No one's going to remember Matthew Butler, like David Foster Wallace. He actually put in the Foster because his editor was like, no one's going to remember David Wallace. So you got to shake it up. I mean, I think I think both of those names are fine. Both David They're Wallace and Matthew Butler. They're not Zane. <laughs> but I mean, Kirby Butler? I know <laughs> I know two Jack Higgins, and so the author Jack Higgins is not an impressive name for me. <laughs> so enough. I get the point. So what, what you would you me. call yourself? I don't know. I'm, I'm one for titles. I'm, uh, but not a title at the front of the name. I like a uh, the esteemed. <laughs> no, Mr. Grimley, the esteemed. Hmm. I've always really enjoyed the naming convention of naming people after um, traits that like naming children after traits that you want them to oh, the old puritanical oh, yeah. thing yeah yeah um i knew a family once that had hope faith verity and oh, what was the last one anyway they had four girls and they were all named no grace grace yes yeah, yeah. yeah. But inevitably that goes one of two ways either they embody it entirely <laughs> or they are the exact opposite yes i mean <laughs> Uh, I, I only knew them when they were quite young, so I, I can't speak to how they turned out as human beings. But I think naming characters that way is really fun as well. That's why, like, tieflings kind of take that on a little bit in Dungeons & Dragons because they're kind of named after something that they kind of... They choose their own name and they yeah. name themselves like... They, you could be called Blade or Fortune or... See, yeah. I, I mm. quite like um, one of the characters in a, in a campaign that I'm planning. Um, she's got really into her her character building I'm absolutely loving it Um, her virtue name is Squid Squid yep Squid she just just like Squid because she's slippery alright yeah fair enough Inky that was like she gave me the name and I was like yep cool cool and then I was reading through the the player's handbook again and went oh that's the virtue name (laughs) (laughs) yeah awesome 
okay. Well, names. Lord Fauntleroy, you can now refer to me as that. All right. And shall we get into the episode? Absolutely. Let's okay. do it. So the Magic the Gathering car that we are looking at this week is called the Armoured Pegasus. Does anyone want to describe what we're looking at? I will describe uh, Pegasus. All right. Well, you are an author, so your skills are on display now. No Make pressure. Make us a delicious word sandwich. I shall. And oh, will it be scrumptious for your ears? Munch, munch. Okay. Get <laughs> on with it. <laughs> So soaring lazily, and I mean that, lazily across a golden clouded skyline. Firstly, we, we have it our. It does not look like it's no, lazily. It looks like soaring. a lot of effort is going into this. <laughs> no, I think its, it's teeth are bared, its eyes are wide. This, this Pegasus is struggling. <laughs> <laughs> it is exhausted, that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so it's. It's, yeah, very slowly, limply going ac- si- flying across this golden clouded skyline. It's a white, I would say it's a white Pegasus, but it seems to be kind of like patched with black. It's piebald. Piebald, thank, yes, yeah. thank you. And it, yeah, eyes wide, teeth bared. It is struggling under the, probably the weight of this armor and its wings, while impressive as a winged Pegasus should be, it are drooped low by its sides as it, Maybe Seems it's just on a downswing. It almost looks like it's descending, yeah, about to come to the ground, which is why its feet are kind of circulating, about to enter a gallop or something. I've always wondered, when Pegasi fly, do they tuck their legs in like birds, or do they gallop as their, as their wings flap? I mean, the more visually stunning thing to see is the, the legs going, right? But surely they would tuck them in. Yeah, I think... If I, because the only example I can even think of is Disney's Hercules Dis- and Pegasus. I think, I don't think they moved. I think he just like, uh, like bent his legs up and was just statuesque as he flew. Yeah, mm. I think. Yeah, I think he more or less tucked them in. In the fifties Clash of the Titans, that Pegasus was like very gallopy, and so was in, right. the, in the recent remake. That was, and that's for the, because it's a blockbuster, therefore the action shots, that it's gallopy. But oh, I, yeah, it's got a gallop. Oh, yeah. I would say, though, practically, they, they got to tuck them in, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about winged horses here, so yeah. Yeah. practically their wings need to be like the size of a football uh, field to lift them. We live in a world of that is like defined by pop culture. We are we far beyond the, the point without not doing <laughs> we're far beyond the point of not doing the math. <laughs> okay, so we have a Pegasus, golden sky, grey piebald, it does, it is wearing some armor. So who has a uh, a pledge? I can jump on it. Sure. The esteemed um, going first. I like the it. esteemed, yes. So um as parties I want to do, you're walking, you're making your way from one place to another. At this point, it doesn't really matter where you are coming from and where you're going to. Um, what matters is, as you are making your way, something crashes violently to the ground. No! Oh, no. Stop killing the Pegasus. <laughs> hey, who said anything about killing the Pegasus? Uh, all right, good. Crashes violently to the ground, tumbles head over hoofs. Oh, no. And lands in front of you. Horse very. legs are very fragile. I'm just putting that out. Is the armor okay? We also have <laughs> <laughs> Zane, don't kill the horse. <laughs> Maddie, 
is the arm all good? <laughs> Can we salvage this? Can we loot the horse? <laughs> so, <laughs> this, this, ho- this Pegasus lands in front of you, very weary, um, has been travelling for a long, long time. I roll animal handling. <laughs> I roll the one. No, I kill the Pegasus. <laughs> so, oh. the Pegasus is alive, mm. but he's weak, he's oh. weary, and it's trying to talk to you, but it's just too weak. It Kirby, needs... help the Pegasus. Oh, you killed it already. Oh. <laughs> it needs to rest. So, you rest a while. And the Pegasus regains some strength. Uh, I mean, this is a, a world in which a long night's sleep can heal a stab wound. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't understand. Uh, this is what happens. Does that know what happened in this world? Oh, I live God. in the valley. I get stabbed all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think I need to see a doctor, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, take a long rest. Take some time. And um, the Pegasus reveals to you that it is an envoy from... A distant land, and its people are in trouble. Oh no! When somebody saved Pegasus. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so we've got a Pegasus in trouble. Um, Matthew, do you have a pledge? I do have a pledge. Pledge away. I shall. So, you're travelling along in a much similar fashion, as adventurers are wont to do. Indeed, and the golden clouds part above you. You thought it was going to storm earlier the day, but no. The clouds have mysteriously turned gold and they've parted, paving the way for a pegasus descending before you. Now you think, alright, this is some funny business, this is some pretty armour, and the temptation to do a, ho- a pegasus that doesn't want to be a, f- a flying horse <laughs> asking, you, asking you to chop its wings off is high, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> chop my wings off. The whole thing is just a uh, moral. I just want to be a horse. <laughs> I just want to be a horse. You can just run. No, I can't. I've got these. My father was a horse. My mother was an eagle. <laughs> I don't know how I was conceived. End me. Thanks, <laughs> Zeus. <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> so he is not a representative of, of the gods. He is a horse, a pegasus to be exact. So yep. you think he's alone, but no, this pegasus has many pegasi following. And they, they land in front of you and they take you up to the golden clouds to the realm of the gods. Advent- uh, DMs, choose a god of your choice. I'm going to go with my boy Zeus. You're in the realm of Olympus with the gods, and you've been elected as their representatives. That is my pledge. Okay, so you've been elected as their representatives. Yeah. Okay, and so the Pegasi have come down and taken you up to receive your orders. That is correct. Terrifying. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with an institution rather than anything else. So I think I really, I really like the pattern of piebald horses. So I'm going to make uh, an institution of the piebald knights, which are a group of knights that exclusively train um, on, in sky battle and in riding pegasi. Hmm. Now, they are not beholden to any particular nation. However, they are employed by nations to either declare war or make message between nations that are have rather tense um, relationships. Uh, so if, if one king was looking to perhaps uh, 
marry off his daughter to a prince, then perhaps he would send a, a squadron of piebald knights to deliver the, the message or the, the, the offer, rather than sending a royal messenger who could be killed or sent, mm. sent off. And so they make their, they make their living by being this um, by being this institution in the world that other nations can call on um, to speedily deliver messages mm. and be able to defend themselves if things turn dark. I like that. I like yeah. that. The Piebald like Knights. I have named them in the pledge. Mike dropped. Unheard of. So now we have the turns. So who wants to turn hmm. their 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 story pledge? Anyone? Anyone at all? I shall turn like the tastiest of milk. Okay, so I'm interested where this is going because <laughs> because you are you've literally you have an audience with the gods. Yes. Or the god Zeus. Mm. No, um, the gods. They they're all there. Okay. Yep. Except for Hades because he's. He doesn't really hang out on Olympus. So we're going full I'm Disney's animated Hercules. No, I'm, I'm going full proper Greek mythology. All right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so is it just the 12 of them or is the greater pantheon there as well? All the lesser gods. Like Dionysus and all that. Sure. Hestia, all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah, they're there, but they're not relevant. They're just it's in the sidelines. All right. They're just watching. <laughs> they're just watching. It's, this is a, yeah, this is a big kind of conference. The cupbearers and things they're like there, that. But they're there, but they're in. No cupbearers. They're in another lecture. Or <laughs> Ganymede. <laughs> yes, they're in another lecture. Anyway, yes, you've, they've demanded an audience and they pretty much, Hera steps forward. And she welcomes you very warmly and she rains down all of your adventurous achievements down upon you I in the do most not trust this. in the most flattering stuff. What is it's fine, it's Hera, she's great. She never has any ulterior motive. And Gods don't flatter mortals ever. <laughs> so and pretty much bolstering your ego, boy, boy, aren't you excited to be representatives of the gods? And then Zeus says, Enough of this. <laughs> Time to kill them. My <laughs> My, my brothers and sisters, please pick your representative. So each god picks you okay. one, one of, from the event. So Ares might pick one of you. Zeus will. Zeus and Hera, I'm going to say don't pick because that's way too much. And I'm guessing there's only about five party members. So Athena, um, Athena, Ares, Hermes. Aphrodite. Aphrodite, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm Apollo. There we go, we got five. That's five. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and you've been picked. And that's when they reveal to you the clouds part and start kind of like a kind of like a screen or curtain opens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a great city. Mm-hmm. Let's call it, I don't know, Troy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's a great army outside of it. Huh. Funny that. Huh. Weird. And I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> So we've gone we've been selected by the gods. Yeah. And then we've just been shown Troy. Yes, and Zeus Zeus turns to Troy and he just says, You see my problem. You see the issue here. And, okay. And you, adventurers, being well versed in the Iliad and the works of Homer, say, Yes, of course we see the issue here. Okay. Are the <laughs> character is is this legend in world or is this players bringing this in in the legend of troy yes yeah yeah 
Um, is the Iliad something that has happened or is prophesied to happen? In this quest line? Yeah. This, yeah, so this is not something that has happened. Right. But you're more or less in an alternate reality in which this this event is happening in your Dungeons and Dragons world. Okay. And now you're about to become major players in it. All right. Okay. Yeah, cool. Okay, so you're being tasked with destroying Troy. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you're being tasked. Uh, okay. <clears throat> All righty then. Excellent. Tully. So, um... The last we've heard from our lovely Pegasus friend, our Pegasus envoy, is that um, needs your help. There is somewhere beyond the clouds, somewhere a fair, a, a couple of days of flight from here, there is a society that lives on the clouds. That, yes. I want to live on the clouds. A society that lives on the clouds, that trains on the clouds, and uh, they've been besieged by harpies. Not harpies. And what they've decided to do about this is they have taken their beloved mounts, their steeds, and they have turned them into war horses that they ride into battle on. The only problem is these are not hardened war horses. These are just regular pegasi that have enough trouble flying themselves, let alone with a fully armoured uh, creature on their back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Horses are very heavy. They need big wings. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> they need enormous wings. And then to add a, a full-grown person <laughs> in plate mail on top of that, I know what you're talking about. Plate mail's virtually, virtually weightless. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't weigh anything. I play a wizard. Uh, so, the Pegasus tasks you come, come back with me and save, save my people from enslavement. And uh, I'm just trying to come up with a name because I'm terrible at naming conventions. You're not terrible at naming conventions. No, just I'm call just it perfectionist. Uh, <laughs> it's well, about okay. the right let's, name. Let's call it the Winged City. I like it. Okay. The Winged City. So, okay, so I have my piebald knights. Now, I think uh, the piebald knights are quite a quite a political establishment themselves and so they have um, not a city but a very well built up little township around the 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 let's say the canyon that they train in um, something that is quite steep and, and what have you mm. so I think while they're not a nation unto themselves they are self-sustaining they're not beholden to anyone uh, and so they, they're quite sought after, so nobles sending their sons there to train to become uh, piebald knights. Mm. Uh, and, and much like, let's refer back to like Game of Thrones going to the wall, becoming a piebald knight, you eschew all family, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et you can't marry, you be- become a piebald knight forever. Yeah. Um, but even so, they're still very... They're very powerful for that reason. There's a high concentration of like lesser heirs and and noble blood from across the known world consolidated in this one particular area. Hmm. So I think I'm not sure where I want to take this turn-wise um, because it's very easy just to say, well, and they go bad. Yeah. But so I don't want to do that. Mm. But I do want the situation to change somehow. 
So I think maybe, maybe they start these, the the turn, the actual something that's happening is that piebald knights start showing up like elaborately killed with their pegasi as well. So maybe, maybe like their, the, the corpses are desecrated and, um, so some someone's someone's sending a message. Yes, and so, and because there's such a, the first one that dies is from one nation, and so that nation, of course, blames their yeah. immediate enemy. But then, of course, the next one comes from an entirely third nation that has no stakes in anything, and so there, and so political unrest is brewing because these family members are dying, but it's all of an impartial party. So I think that sets up uh, a story for your party to investigate what's going on and can be sent from any of these different nations to basically like, we are not in a position where where war will benefit us at all. Please figure out what's going on. Yeah, nobody, nobody will survive a war. Yeah, we, we can't be seen to be intervening. Yeah. Please so, intervene. Please intervene. Please intervene. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's the turn. So the piebald knights are dying. Fine turn. All right, well, let's... Shall we just proceed straight on with, with your... Um, with with my not Iliad? With, yes, <laughs> yes, with your Iliad question mark? <laughs> yes. I mean, honestly, done. <laughs> you, you didn't name it. You just said Troy. Um, mm. Have you given your hook a, a name? Uh, I hadn't really. I was just mm. enjoying. This, this enjoying. part seems to take you by surprise every single episode. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't bode well for my writing, does it? <laughs> <laughs> nope. We're just, we're just enjoying watching the podcast cat attack uh, good old Maddie's jacket. <laughs> I assume I it smells like other cats. Oh, it definitely smells like other cats, like a plethora of cats. <laughs> um, what is what is the collective noun for a group of cats? Mm, a curiosity. Yeah, I, that does sound familiar. Mm, it's probably not, but it's something along it, those it lines. It would be nice if that was it. Yeah, a prowl, prowl of a cats. A prowl could work. A pounce of cats. An alley. An alley of cats. Mm. Mm. But more importantly, what are you calling your hook? <laughs> what am I calling my little my we little? We gave you scuffle? all this valuable banter time. I was just enraptured. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to call it. I'm going, <laughs> going to call it. Oh my god! I can't. I just can't think of a name. I'm just having a complete block, and I don't want to just call it. You know, the Iliad or Troy. <laughs> the fall of Yort. No, I don't like that. It's Troy backwards. Yeah, and uh, I've done that before with uh, the Nomalos. Yeah, I know, and so, you know, you're not coming up with anything. So the we're Niliad? calling it York. The Niliad. <laughs> the, I like the Niliad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's happening in your prestige? All right, so in the prestige, you've been cho- you've been elected as, like, representatives of these particular gods. Mm-hmm. And Zeus has been all like, you see my problem, and you're like, not really. I have not read the Iliad. You come clean. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, the Iliad doesn't exist in this world. This is a random city. The um, called let's call it Yort. Yort. <laughs> and here we are. Let's, <laughs> let's call it Yort. And you got an army outside of it. And Zeus has pretty much told you that 
the gods themselves are forbidden to intervene. This is mortal business, but each, as in the Iliad, each of the gods, like Athena, they all have their own allegiances and mm-hmm. favorites. But because siding on the in the war below will incite a war below above, Zeus is like, no one, no one get involved. But of course, all of the gods that have chosen you, like you, totally have to get involved. And because you're a, a, a third party, they're thinking if they send you down, no worries. No worries. And you think, well, I'll just stop. I'll just stop this big little battle that's going on down there. Yeah, I'll just stop the war. Just stop it, no problem. So you go down. Unless, each... of course, you're the chosen of Ares who wants the war to kill everyone. Exactly. And each of your party members have have like a secret motive from your particular god who has promised you a great power so more or less a patron no matter what your class is and you go down with all of your ulterior motives but Zeus has said we want you to go down and stop the battle so it can end diplomatically that's the only thing that's the only mission Zeus himself has given you and Hera's like yes of course go do that but of course they've also promised their own little things yeah she wants Paris to die yeah yeah okay and um, yeah, and you go I, down, and that's your adventure. Then you have to figure out a way to achieve your goal and not your teammate's goal, but the god's goal, but not the other god's goal. Yes. So it's going to end well for everyone. It's going to end well oh, for yeah, everyone. This is a way to unify your party, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, well, let, let's, let's head back over to you, Tully. What's your prestige? Okay, so we have made our way um, slowly, painfully... Uh, to the Wigan city. Um, and what we've found is that this this necessary cavalry, uh, which is now 100% what I'm calling this hook, um, <laughs> this necessary cavalry has been woven into the lives of, of these people. Um, they're now just something that everybody has. They have their Pegasus to, to ride into battle. Okay. And uh, this is where your party investigates and finds that the harpies really weren't much of a problem once the uh, once the Pegasi were actually put into service. In fact, they almost disappeared altogether. And uh, perhaps somebody has enlisted the harpies to uh, deliberately put the Pegasus into service. What? <gasps> so you have to find out the person who controls the harpies. Wait, what are they hoping to gain from putting the Pegasus into service? They have now Pegasus in yeah in service. They so have I'm, a steed, a I'm, flying I'm seeing, steed. I'm seeing thing. a military general who wanted, mm. uh, you know, flying steeds. Was it's always the generals. And always the generals. Yeah, incited I a reason to get the steeds. Upon saying this, that this should have been the turn. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally fine. So okay, so now that they have the steeds. The general, of course, is going to use them. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so that they become the problem rather than the harpies. Yes. Yeah. So now we have a uh, a military armed with with flying steeds with Pegasus. Mm. Well, from one military with flying Pegasi to another, back to the piebald knights. <clears throat> so, story so far, piebald knights exist. Mm. There's a lot of there's international royalty within their ranks, even though they have no allegiance anymore. Mm. And these members, these high, these these royal lineages, start being desecrated and made examples of all around the land. Mm. 
So I think to make this into a game, you kind of have to know where you're coming from. If you're coming from within the Piebald Knights, then I think the the diplomatic situation is almost as fraught as without because they can't be seen to be favouring one nation over another, but they still have a vested interest in seeing who is killing them um, and how also because they are well-trained knights and they seem to just be exploding into splatters of blood Mm -hmm. um, or however you want to desecrate them. So... Um, I've got a question about how please, please what happens me. to the uh, Piebald Knights. What happens to the recruitment from various families when they find out that members are being killed? Mm. So that's actually where I think it's going is that the, the knighthood would close off, become isolationist, mm. and then just stop communicating with anyone for a while. And then if your game is happening outside the Piebald Knights, Mm. they start invading. So they actually head to a nation, they take out out the rulership, and they instate a ruler, and they Mm. then move on to the next one, and the next one. Do they instate a ruler originally of that family? I know, I think think it's a knight, an ex-knight, so they just Mm. put a knight there that won't take any wives, and won't become a, a rule hmm. from the the leadership of, of the knighthood. So I think, but if you're inside the knighthood, then I think you can take this in an entirely different direction and there's basically a world war happening and you are Sweden. Oh no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so you, you, you have to, you're, you're virtually, you're safe from both sides, but you have to ba- basically do missions that are servicing one side over another or and then in the exact opposite in the next campaign and then oh, play that through to its end. Mm. Got to split your allegiance. Yeah, and see and figure out because what someone's incited this war by killing royal blood and raising these these sides. So I think the while the the piebald the piebald knights can either be the the righteous villain who was basically accosted from all sides and so decided like look the only way we can going to keep peace is by literally ruling everyone yeah and so that can that can if you're outside of that then you have to fight against the piebald knights etc etc but if you're outside if you're inside the piebald knights Mm. then someone was fermenting this war for some reason Mm. and so you're from your your safe zone of Sweden, you have to figure out how, why, and stop it. That's so cool. Would there be like Pegasi dogfights? Yeah, absolutely. Like oh that, that would be the idea. <laughs> um, like Pegasi versus nightmares. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, because obviously it's a necromancer. Yeah, it's always a necromancer. Who 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 else gets off on des- desecrating corpses? Demons probably. Yeah. So it could be demons or necromancers. Or like like level one characters who have just found Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a dagger. Why can't I just flay the corpse? No problem. (laughs) Don't do what Donnie D&D don't does. Agreed. Okay. Uh, I got one question, Lord Mm. Fallsbury. Fauntleroy. Fauntleroy. Fallsbury was a good try. Thank you. Kirby. Lord, thank you. Uh, Lord Fontelroy. are you telling me that you based your hook off history? 
That's so unoriginal. This is madness. I mean, Unlikely. I don't think World War One or Two was precipitated by an order of knights being ritualistically murdered in different countries. Okay, if you're back on <laughs> archaic history, I'm talking about revisionist history, where there were knights being ritualistically massacred. Oh, so in history that didn't happen, am I basing my <laughs> fantasy? That's right. How hook. dare you base your fantasy hook on history that didn't happen? So unoriginal. Unlike me, who got my idea from a literal story someone else wrote. <laughs> Homer was a hack. You heard it here first. Yeah. That's right. Old Maddie, better than Homer. Okay, well, that's been a long episode, so thank you for sticking with us through to the end. We had the Niliad, we had, well, it was the Winged City, but you... The Necessary Cavalry. The Necessary Cavalry, and of course mine was the Piebald Piebald Knights. Uh, If you want to use any of them in in your game, please do, and let us know how it goes. Uh, If you want to use it elsewhere... Just let us know first. We are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License, which means that you're free to share and distribute the material in any medium or format if you give appropriate credit, but do not use the material for commercial purposes or remix, transform, or build upon without our, our permission. The end. It's that yeah. simple. It's that simple. Very nice. I say it every episode, sometimes more fluently than others. But if you have any artwork that you think we should use for inspiration rather than a Magic the Gathering card, you can get in contact with us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can send us an email at podcast.hooked at gmail.com. Thank you once again to Tully. Thank you very much. From Dungeon Deep Dive. Check out his podcast. Please do. And thank you again, Matthew Hannibal Butler. Thank you very much for having me. From Delicious Word Sandwich. Check out his podcast. Maybe there's a new episode. Maybe. Until next time, keep playing games, everyone. Bye. So what mountain were the stones in the walls of this specific monastery mined from exactly? Wait, can my character take a dump? What's the governmental structure of every town in this entire Which continent? Which magic using class is like the most attractive? How these people know how to make tunnels under their town when all they do is farm Why does the genie always me? refuse to make people fall in love with me? Like, if who hurt poison him? rules are the same for every player race, does that mean they all have can the same digestive system? Can my character have a pet? System? Ooh, can that pet have a pet pet? Are your players asking too many questions? Do you really know how your world works? Don't you wish there was a podcast that made this whole thing easier? Come on over to Dungeon Deep Dive, your favourite fantasy world-building podcast. Whether it's tabletop RPGs or creative writing, we do the research so you don't have to. Find us on your podcatcher of choice or on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram on at Dungeon Deep Dive. For many businesses across Ireland, it's still not business as usual. OnPost Commerce is here to help you get through. Our Advantage card saves you money when you purchase stamps and parcel label packs for your business. So you can grow your orders and keep your costs down too. Get your Advantage card today at your local post office or at onpost.com forward slash commerce. OnPost Commerce. For your world. Terms and conditions apply. Thinking about your next getaway. Rediscover the journey, the adventure of the open road and every stop along the way. 
Rediscover space and comfort on board in our lounges and private cabins. Enjoy the fresh sea air and relax as you travel safely and in style. Rediscover ferry travel with Stanoline and take a carcation to Britain. Our great value economy fares start from only €117 single car and driver, with flexi-ticket upgrades only €18 more. Whenever you're ready, we can't wait to welcome you on board. Explore your options today at stanoline.ie.